0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Life Rewired podcast. Thank you guys for joining us on this Sunday, February 26th. Today's episode is going to be all about our top four lessons learned from training over the years. You know, there's been some of these topics coming up a lot just with conversations on, you know, social media, conversations with our clients and just conversations in general. You know, these have really been coming up a lot and we feel like these were things that we wish we would have known, you know, several years back you know, when it comes to training, you know, we really do have to understand kind of the bigger picture and the deeper reason why, you know, behind the things that we're doing. And I think that this podcast is really going to help you guys progress your training so much more, so much further, um, knowing these things versus not. And so, you know, if we could go back, these are things I wish I could have known, you know, years ago. But before we begin, this episode is brought to you by Nash Nutrition. The Nash Bar is made with simple and nourishing ingredients, 20 grams of protein and is naturally sweetened with honey and dates. And what a lot of people don't realize is that most of the so-called healthy protein bars on the market are in fact heavily processed with fillers and unnatural ingredients. And so we know if we consume you know, too much of this processed food over time too often, it can eventually lead to long-term health issues. And that's really what we want you guys to realize is, you know, a, a, a few times here and there, you know, things like that, you know, that are more processed, it's not the end of the world, but if, you know, we're consuming protein bars, every single day, you know, that's going to compound over time. And so this is ultimately why we love the Nash bars because, you know, as we're eating these every day, we never even have to think twice about the ingredients and they truly are the good for you protein bar. And so we know that a lot of you have been trying to get your hands on these bars. So we wanted to announce when the restock will be. And so the restock is coming March 2nd at 6 p.m. on Thursday. Just make sure that you guys get ahead of um, those drops so you can get your hands on a box of bars to try. So check out. The link in the show notes after today's episode, but on to episode number 74 our top four lessons learned about training over the years. And so, you know, as we're diving into this thing, just know that these are things that we've struggled with for a long time, guys. It's taken us years and years and years to understand these things. So, as always, you know, give yourself grace as you're making these changes. Um, but the sooner I'm telling you, you can implement some of these strategies and understand these at a deeper level, the more success you're going to have. Because a lot of times what happens with like health and fitness, and I see this, I just think about this every time I go to like a bigger commercial gym. You know, it's like, We have all these people in there with goals deep down. Like everyone truly wants to achieve certain things deep, deep down. If they like really think about it, they're really asked like what would they really want to achieve. Yet, you know, a lot of us are just spinning our wheels, like almost just like in quicksand, just constantly like sprinting, sprinting, like working so hard, but we're just in quicksand. Like that's what I think about all the time. And it's like hard for me to shut that off as a coach whenever I'm, you know, in the gym and just observing everyone because I'm like, you know, I see a lot of the regular people, like I see a lot of the same people, and it's like I just Want everyone to like just optimize their training. Like, if I could, if I could just like tap some everybody on the head and give them the knowledge that we're about to give you guys today, I think you know we'd have a whole lot of fit people walking around. But, um, you know, to dive into this thing, you know, the first thing that we wanted to talk about first and foremost, because I think this is one of the most proven scientific principles of making adaptations and change to the body, yet one of the fewest, um, you know, principles actually followed by people every day in their training routine, and that is progressive overload. And you know, you even see trainers talking about this who, you know, rarely embrace it. You see people all over the internet talking about progressive overload, but what really is progressive overload? And you know, in the simplest terms, guys, you know, when you're thinking about progressive overload, you're thinking about how can I build upon what I'm doing in my training routinely over time that's going to create adaptations over time? And so the best way to, you know, kind of break down the importance of progressive overload, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, and it really comes down to like working out versus training. You know, I think this whole like workout culture has just gotten so popular because we are all such distracted individuals that We can't even simply commit to repeating exercises week by week. It's like we have to have something different every single time we go into the gym or every single time we go to our favorite workout class. And it's like the only thing that keeps us coming. And, you know, I think that this is a phenomenal start for a lot of people. Like I will never knock somebody for like working out if you know, they're first getting into it, they're a beginner, they're really trying to get their feet wet and just understand the mechanics and the dynamics of what they're doing in their training and, and when they're moving their body through space. But it's going to hit a certain point, guys, where you know, that progressive overload is going to have to take over, you know, working out, you know, especially for someone who hasn't really done a whole lot, um, you know, adaptations will inevitably occur, you know, anytime, you know, whenever you guys are, you know, living your life one way, and then you introduce like training or nutrition or literally like any protocol at all, You're changing your environment and through that change of environment, you will cause adaptations to your body. So that's why you'll see like, you know, someone that was not doing anything, you know, start just working out like two or three times a week and adaptations occur. Or, you know, you have somebody changing their nutrition protocols just slightly, like maybe throwing out a little bit of alcohol or maybe incorporating one or two healthy meals versus like, you know, every meal being unhealthy, like those small changes, guys, to our environment will without a doubt cause adaptations to us as the human being. But what happens over time is, you know, our bodies through that adaptation will inevitably get used to what we're doing in our training. And so that's where progressive overload comes in. That's where we have to progressively change what we're doing over time in a way that makes sense and in a way that is building upon itself and building toward better and better and better progress in the future. And so, you know, a lot of times we get in that mode of like just working out, um, you know, where we go in the gym, we kind of like pick something from Instagram or, you know, we're like, hey, I'm going to hit biceps today. So let me just hammer my biceps until I can't feel them. Um, Or I'm like, I want to build my booty. I'm going to go to the gym and do like a million hip thrusts until my butt gets big. And the problem with this, guys, is it's so we're viewing these workouts as like one workouts equals like x equals z you know what i mean like or um like
1: you get the result from you get the
0: result from one meal or one workout like and that's just not reality guys like when you go into the gym what you do in one workout is having a very minuscule effect on the overall bigger picture of your progress same thing with a meal you know if you have one good meal you're not going to be shredded overnight if you have one shitty meal you're not going to be super you know obese overnight So we really have to start changing our perspective from what is the impact of this one meal or this one workout versus, you know, what is the impact of this accumulation of good workouts or good meals over time and the impact that has on us?
1: I think it's uh, when you relate to nutrition, it's comparable to like a fad diet is like just working out, like doing group classes or just burning calories in the moment versus doing a sustainable calorie deficit is like progressive overload. So doing that over time creates that weight loss versus just like being like having one meal or one workout mentality, creating an immediate result. So we're here for the long game and we'll talk more about that later, but just to put that in perspective with nutrition too.
0: Yeah. And the way I always think about this guys is like, I always use this like book analogy where I'm like, you know, I always think of like, if you change your workouts every single week, for example, that's literally the same as if you were to like pick up a book and read one page and then just like put it right back down. So like you're literally getting like one one hundredth of that book, the information that you could get if you read the whole book. And that's the same way your guys' training works, where if you keep changing your workouts every week, it's like reading one page of this book, dropping it. Then next week, I'm going to pick up a different book, um, read one page and then put it down. Uh, Week three, read a new book for one page and then put it down. So like you're never giving yourself the opportunity to build on the knowledge you learned in that first page. Very similarly, you're not giving your body the opportunity to adapt over time to the training stimulus you're placing on it. And so that's really what we want you guys to realize. And, you know, through progressive overload is where true change is going to happen. You know, what I always kind of think about with my clients is like I really do view my training in four week blocks. So like anytime I'm doing like a bench press in week one, I'm doing that bench press for four weeks. But here's the kicker. I'm manipulating something, I'm manipulating the load, I'm manipulating the volume, I'm manipulating some sort of tempo, time. You know, I'm using some metric of progressive overload to progress that movement over time. And what happens is you guys see a lot of like, you know, workouts on the internet, workouts on social media, and the, the issue with this, and you know, I'm even someone that posts them too, because I know that that's what people want, they want some of that information to use for themselves, they find value in that, but you have to understand and have the perspective to realize like, that workout means nothing unless we understand like what is the intensity there what is like the why like why are we doing these movements what is you know the like i was saying the intensity like, what's the rpe so like you know we need a deeper understanding of how we're progressing those workouts over time and what i want you guys to realize is you know you can progress pretty much anything this is how you know we're able to write custom programs for individuals who have access to their body weight who have access to minimal equipment who have access to a full-fledged gym you know we kind of see it all guys with the different lifestyles of the clients that we work with and you can progress any of these things that's what i want you guys to realize and so like i just want to give some examples of this and i know we broke this down on a podcast recently about progressive overload and the power of it um you know but a way to progress like your body weight for example like you know it's really hard to create you know a lot of adaptations with your just your body weight um you know you typically you'll have to do a lot of volume a lot of repetitions to like build a high level of stimulus. So like, you know, something that comes to mind is like creating tempo. So like, you know, think of like a basic push-up, like doing like a five second tempo as you lower to the ground, you know, week two, you know, six, six or eight second tempo, then, you know, a 10 second tempo. So you can like progress that time under tension with just your body weight. Um, same thing with like minimal equipment. You know, this is a situation where if I have access to very light loads, I'm probably going to progress the volume over time where, you know, in week one, maybe I hit six reps week two, I hit eight reps, then 10 reps Then 12 reps. And I slowly progress you know, that volume over time. And, you know, where I really like to nerd out is like when I have a client who has access to everything because then guess what? I, I make manipulations and progress, progressions all over their program so that makes it really fun where you know we're progressing load we're progressing volume we're progressing time we're progressing tempo you know we're doing all these different things as we're manipulating their training program to continue to cause those adaptations to the physique as a whole so you guys are starting to understand like there's a huge difference between causing like very foundational adaptation to your physique to your strength to your muscle tissue through training versus just doing cardiovascular training and burning calories you know burning calories is great if you have a base under there But what if you never built anything under there and you just keep doing cardio and keep doing cardio? You're just going to get skinnier and skinnier and skinnier and you're going to be burning more calories and probably doing your metabolism a disservice as well. So it's good to kind of understand all these things, guys, and really understand, and we're gonna to get to it later, but the why behind things. And I'm gonna pass it over to Christina, really to let her you know, kind of dive into deeper into like the intensity and the RP of things.
1: Yeah, and just to like give a little bonus lesson that we've learned from what Zach was just talking about, it's a lot of people on their applications to work with us or in the DMs, whatever that may be, people that talk to us, they all wanna to tone up. Like they wanna create that fit tone physique, but we can't tone muscle we don't have. So when you do get skinnier from doing cardio you're burning that muscle mass also if you're just doing cardio any muscle you did have is also being burnt and along with fat so as you lose weight and see that change that you're looking for you're not going to have that muscle underneath so you get that softer look and for a lot of women I hear the verbiage of looking skinny fat and like when I was younger that's what how I would describe my body composition because I was under eating I had no muscle mass from lifting and I was doing cardio all the time And thinking that that's how I was going to create a toned physique. I had these pictures of like fitness models on magazines that I wanted to look like, but what you don't see is they were resistance training. They were building lean muscle mass for years at a time. And I was just looking for burning calories in that moment, which was doing the opposite of what I wanted to achieve. I was not creating any lean muscle mass to create that toned physique because I didn't have any muscle to tone.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And this is, it just keeps getting my brain rolling as we're talking about this. So, the final point on the progressive overload, but you know, it is kind of funny how like we want one thing, but we're going. About it completely wrong, where it's like, you know, most women we talk to, especially Christina, since she works with women only, you know, she sees this a lot where women like want the toned look, but they're doing cardio and not eating any protein. And that's going to like literally give you the complete opposite of a toned look. You know, you need that protein and balanced cardio with your resistance training Mm -hmm. to get those results, those toned results. And that's really like, I think about, you know, one of my in-person clients that I've had for years now, um, you know, she's lost like 20, 30 pounds with me, like looks phenomenal. And I remember like she came from that kind of mentality of, you know, under eating on protein, more cardiovascular training. Also, I know doing a little bit of resistance training, but definitely dominant, you know, cardiovascular training. So it's like, you know, this is just a good example where, you know, that individual lost so much weight by, you know, kind of flipping that approach, balancing the cardio with the resistance training and probably doing, you know, well, not probably, we are doing more resistance training, but, you know, I'm kind of painting that bigger picture for you guys out there who might be, you know, spinning your wheels wheels or struggling with this, where, you know, it, it will be important to get that resistance training, arguably more so than, you know, that cardiovascular training to help you guys build that foundational metabolic base.
1: Exactly. And if you're new to the podcast, hello, welcome to Life Rewired. But I also wanted to plug an episode that we did a while back called The Three Things That Change Your Body Composition. I don't have the exact episode number, but if you just search Life Rewired Body Composition, that's our most popular episode because a lot of people come to us from group classes or from like doing cardio and spinning their wheels and being frustrated because their body composition isn't changing. Even if they see the scale lose five pounds, those five pounds typically come back because we're doing it in an unsustainable way. But that podcast really points on like every single factor you need to have in your nutrition and training. We only have three. So it's like, if you nail those three things over time, you're going to see change in your body composition, but it's typically the three things people resist the most. So I highly recommend listening to that episode on top of this one. But number two, the lesson we've learned For me, is using RPE correctly and shifting it based on where you're at in your training cycle, as well as your hormonal cycle. I came from a background of like learning exercise science and using RPE as like a metric. If you don't know what that means, it's rating of perceived exertion, like how hard is this movement?
0: Yeah, like how what what is the intensity of the weight we're using for the amount of reps we're using it for?
1: But in school, we learned it as like a form of cardio. So like when we were doing aerobic training and doing like testing in the lab, we would do RPE. Would have a scale of like zero to 10 and zero and one, are like you're sitting on the couch, you're doing no activity. And 10 was like, this is your max. You're about to fall off the treadmill. So we always use it for cardio metrics. And then once I got into training and like being an intern with strength and conditioning, we learned percentage-based lifting, which we did one rep max. And I did that for a while, but then I realized like it was pretty defeating around that time of the month because I couldn't train at my like one rep max percentage that I could have two weeks ago. So it really took a lot of research on my own end. And also when Zach and I started like doing this thing together, of course I was doing it on my own. For a couple of years before i met zach when it comes to training and when i was training clients in person i would always say like what how hard does this movement feel at the end of a set and i always wanted them at like that eight like eight was the perfect sweet spot but if we were doing eight out of ten for weeks on end that progressive overload, we were increasing weight, but we were always keeping it around eight out of 10. And I wasn't shifting it based on where they were at in their cycle. So over more experience and education and research on my own and seeing how Zach does it with his programming for me, I've started to change that to every four weeks, obviously doing the same training cycle for clients. Week one is a seven out of 10 week eight two is an eight out of 10, week three is a nine out of 10, and week four is a 10 out of 10. It's not that we're one rep maxing by ourselves, especially with an online program. We don't want you guys one rep maxing. That means if we program 10 reps, you should not be able to do 11 on your fourth round of this program for that given set. And if you can, you need to up the weight. So that really teaches you like the proper intensity because even myself, like I was not training at a high enough intensity. I was kind of going through the motions with my lifting because I wasn't just like giving my all to my training and I thought my nutrition was where everything was going to happen. So really marrying those two things together and having that proper progressive overload that Zach talked about, but also understanding that like you can't go at like an eight, nine, 10 out of 10 level of RPE constantly over time. We need to focus on decreasing that intensity, like round one of a program. I think that's a really good moment to focus on like the foundations you're getting the form down, maybe trying new exercises and I encourage all my clients to send me form videos in that week because you're getting used to the new program. You want to focus on the proper tempo, the proper form before adding the load in weeks two, three, and four, because you have that proper base and foundation, but also coaching women only. I understand myself and with clients, like if your week four lines up with period week, you're not, your 10 out of 10 is not going to look the same as it did previously because the weight's going to feel heavier your energy is lower like everything in our body is working against strength and energy so we need to listen to it so now i've been doing like cycle syncing with my clients where if we're on round four during their period we'll extend that phase or do like a deload in between phases to ensure that the next program doesn't fall on round four during period week so it's really important to understand progressive overload and rpe training but also understanding your hormonal cycle. And last thing I want to say about RPE is that a lot of people will come to us for programming only, but I think with one-on-one, you really get that foundation of like how to get, how to move correctly with proper form and intensity, because I'll watch form videos sometimes and be like, Hey, you need to increase the weight. You were looking like that is a one out of 10 RPE. And you don't really know that until you see, you know, your client move through that with an online training program. I think it's important to go through those foundational moments of coaching To understand, am I working at the right intensity and doing the proper form? Otherwise, you could be wasting your time in the gym doing program after program and not understanding those foundational practices because I wasted a, a lot of time probably years in the gym not doing the proper intensity and just going through the motions like my strength didn't increase for years at a time because I was just like I'm gonna get in get out you know this is my habit I feel better afterwards but like was my body changing no so really understanding these two practices can give you a lot more bang for your buck in the gym which is what this whole podcast is about we want you guys to be able to get to, from A to Z quicker than us because we had to go through every step and learn all the hard lessons and fail and do trial and error but you guys finding us don't have to do that whether that's with the podcast or with coaching
0: yeah and i love how christina gave like the example of like coaching versus programming only like i love to see it and i even train like more advanced individuals like guys just who have like really fallen off you know as former athletes and and are really trying to get back into shape again and still make progress in their fitness and in the gym so like you know these individuals are, are not typically beginners some are you know but but most are not beginners and still you know even former athletes i i see it till this day when i get a new client but you know all of my cycles like Christina talked about in my training program range between rp7 to 10 meaning like in rp7 three reps left in the tank week one rp8 two reps left in the tank week two rp9 week three one rep left in the tank and week four rp10 and like absolutely no reps left in the tank and typically like when i get a new client almost like 10 times out of 10 um you know we'll get to like week one and then their rating after the workout will be like a three or four out of 10 and then week two will be like you know, a five or a six out of 10 week three will be like, maybe another like six out of 10. And then like, by week four, they're like rating the workouts like a seven out of 10. And I always love this because I can tell that client like, you know, Hey, look, like, this is not the intent we're looking for. And this is a really good learning opportunity for you to understand, you know, it doesn't matter. And this is a, such a valuable principle for you guys to realize it doesn't matter what is in the workout. It matters how we are executing what is in the workout. And that is like one of the most important valuable life lessons that you guys can learn. And, you know, we truly believe, you know, this this undulated progression is like the bread and butter, guys, because, you know, what happens a lot of times with people, um, you know, they tend to. Like I see it with guys sometimes, you know, they go the opposite end where like Christina was describing where, you know, going through the motions, like not going intense enough, but then you see the opposite side of the spectrum where guys are trying to like push themselves till failure, every single workout, every single set, every single week. Now, the problem with that is we're not accounting for recovery. We're not accounting for total volume and all of those things are going to start giving us diminishing returns over time meaning you know our training is actually going to start negatively impacting our muscle growth our adaptations our body's ability to change and so that's why like we have found that this undulation progression is like absolute bread and butter because you know the science says that if we train anywhere between zero reps in reserve to five reps in reserve so to put that in rpe language that's basically anywhere between an rp5 to 10 we are creating adaptations in the muscle fibers so by us always undulating our cycles between an rp6 7 all the way up to rp10 guess what we're pulling back on that intensity giving the body an opportunity and the ability to recover and adapt while also progressing over time to those near failure intensities. So what's nice is, even as we undulate from low intensity to higher intensity, we're still in that zero to five reps and reserve um, measure, meaning even when we're training at an RP7, even when you know the intensity is low and we're just owning the movements in that first week of a new cycle, we're still creating adaptations to the muscle fibers. So that's why this is such a I, I mean, I just absolutely love this style of programming. I have found it works the absolute best, you know, really for anyone, because, you know, depending on what the total volume or the load or, the, or not the load, but the total volume or what the workouts or the exercises look like, you can take, you know, a beginner level training program to an advanced level training program and still apply this idea of intensity, because it's like Chris said, I'm telling you guys, just go into the gym. You can see you see it everywhere. Everyone is moving with no intent like everyone is moving, just going through the motions. And I'm telling you guys, that's not going to create change over time. Like I said, that's great for beginners. That's great if you're someone you know who wants to go in the gym and just blow off steam. But if you're someone that is in the heat of making and trying your hardest to make adaptation, these are things you guys have to do.
1: And two more things popped in my head before we pop up, we go to the next lesson, and that is that form is so important because of that intensity. Even if you don't have a coach to send form videos to, just recording yourself, you can see when you're just going through the motions and you don't have that tempo down, you wanna think, what do you say, three seconds? Yeah, I, mean,
0: I always say, you like know, squat, there's, there's three things that you got, like as you guys are trying to find, so I know, and this is just a good learning opportunity, so we can definitely dive deeper into this. Like even when we say like three reps left in the tank from failure, one rep left in the tank from failure, two reps left in the tank from failure, no matter what that load is even as that load gets lighter or heavier we are always focusing on full range of motion reps tempo i always say two seconds on the eccentric two seconds on the concentric so I'll use an upper body and a lower body exercise like as an example for like a bench press. As you go to push that weight out, you're two seconds out. And then two seconds as you lower back down, picture a squat. As you lower your butt to the ground, two seconds. As you stand back up, two seconds. That's gonna create time under tension. It's gonna make you control the weight better. It's also gonna help you understand where that intensity realistically is because I see all the time, clients will send me form videos and they're moving like out of control, speed, speed, fast, crazy. And I'm here to tell you guys, the only time you're moving fast in the gym, as if it's an explosive movement. And last time I checked, you're not doing bicep curls or lateral raises for explosive movements. And so, you know, basically, if you guys can focus on those three training principles—the tempo, range of motion, mind-muscle connection—like, are we actually mm-hmm. using the right muscle group in the first place to you to hit the exercise? If you guys can do those three things and then focus on load, you will have very minimal injury or pain ever, and you will get the absolute maximum return for results. And so. Anyway, go yeah. ahead, Chris. Last
1: thing I'll say is that a lot of people, when they come to coaching, like through application or phone call, once again, I hear all the time that like a lot of people fall off because they go so hard for like two, one or two weeks and then they fall off. And this is the solution to that. Like I had a new client come in and she was like, I trained so hard that I'm so sore after like two days that I can't even complete a full week of workouts. And I'm like, well, you're probably training at a 10 out of 10 level of RPE for two weeks straight. And then where do you go from there? You can't build upon that. And you're overtraining. And my aura ring will straight up tell me like after that 10 out of 10 week for me, like you need to slow down. Like your body is trying to tell you something and it will resist if you're going too hard. It's just like going into like a thousand calorie deficit right off the bat. Like over time, your body's going to adapt and it's going to tell you like, Hey, We don't want to be in a calorie deficit anymore. It's going to stop losing weight because it's going to adapt over time So with this analogy like basically going from a 7 8 9 to 10 and then going back down to a 7 8 9 10 It prevents overtraining and it helps keep this sustainable And I think one of the biggest pieces that like clients will say they educate themselves on over time There's so many things we educate our clients on but what i've been hearing more so lately like through the podcast and through Coaching is like, I never understood RPE in my life. Like most trainers do not teach you this at all in person or online. And once you know that, like it becomes a very powerful tool to take with you through any exercise in the gym.
0: Yeah, and I think another just final thing—I swear—that's <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, what so you guys are here for—is to hear these rants. On, I
0: could literally go on and on and on and on about this stuff because, like, no one folk. I'm telling. I'm just telling you guys. Like, we've been in the industry long enough. Like, no one does this shit, and it's the it's all the stuff that matters the absolute most. And so, you know, another beautiful thing about this undulation and going through like those four week cycles is the soreness is so nice. Like, it's it's kind of funny and silly, but like you you are like just sore enough, like where you're causing just enough adaptation versus like if you're someone who's always like feeling doms it's probably because you're changing your workouts all the time and every time you do a workout you're just like pushing it like crazy you know as intense as possible so you know what's nice about you know giving yourself that opportunity to progress over four weeks is like you're causing like just enough adaptation and then just enough adaptation and then you know through that opportunity you're having like a little bit of soreness because you're pushing that weight or the volume a little bit more each week especially like load from an rpe standpoint um and it's giving your body that opportunity to adapt like in the way it should not just like let me kill my body and kill my muscle fibers and then i'm sore for a whole week so that's another like reason reason five thousand why um this undulating uh programming is is so 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 crucial and the beauty of this guys you know we we use four week cycles because you know we do know naturally like we are once again, like I said at the beginning of the episode, like we're all so distracted. We're like, we we need new workouts. We need new workouts like all the time. And so like, we have always found that like the four week cycles are like, Hey, look, like we have to give you an opportunity to progressive overload, but it's just enough time to not keep things like to basically to keep things exciting. Um, But that being said, you know, something I've experimented with, you know, the longer you can even draw out these cycles, like you can even take the same template um, and go eight weeks and go 12 weeks. So like, you know, you have freedom to progress beyond the four weeks, we just find that to be the best. And so, um, you know, on to the next number three, which is, oh, my God, this is like, by far, I would, I don't know which one's more important. If it's, if it's this one or like the RPE, I mean, honestly, all four of these are absolutely fire and will help you guys so much. But this one I I think is like huge. Um, and that is knowing the intent behind the exercise. So let me say that again, knowing and understanding the intent or why we are doing an exercise in the first place. And the reason I emphasize this is because I'm not kidding you guys, especially if you guys are working with trainers out there. I just encourage you next time, you know, ask your trainer why. Why am I doing this lateral raise? Why am I doing this split squat? What is, what is this movement doing for me? And a lot of people are not gonna be able to tell you why. And to be honest, I think a lot of people are in the gym and they have no idea why they're doing the things that they're doing inside the gym. It's because my favorite influencer was doing it. It's because I saw it on the internet or this looked kind of cool, Um, you know, and I'm telling you guys, that is a surefire way to get absolutely nothing out of your training. So you know, when I first became a trainer, guys, like the reason this stands out to me so much is because before I was even a trainer, I noticed that this was like a diabolical issue that like, I even noticed in myself when I would go to the gym. And this is honestly what makes me the trainer I am now. But even before I was a trainer, you know, I was doing things in the gym. And I was always so curious why. And that's when, you know, I would go home or I would pick up my phone and literally Google, look up like a PubMed article or look up a research study and literally figure out like, you know, what is the purpose behind me doing this? Because I always wanted to know why. I always wanted to know why I was doing this exercise for this amount of reps at this intensity. Why am I doing, you know, this amount of reps versus that amount of reps? Like, what is the legitimate reason behind it? Um, And this is what's really going to help us get very focused and very intentional with our training. You know, if you guys are doing an exercise, you got to think like, is this exercise for strength? Like, am I trying to get stronger through this exercise? Am I trying to build muscle through this exercise? Am I trying to become more explosive through this exercise? Am I trying to gain more mobility through this exercise? Am I trying to be more balanced and stable through this exercise? Like, that's the kind of shit that's always going on in my brain. And it's not what goes on in a lot of other people's brains. And so I'm telling you guys, if you can think about that approach as you're navigating your training and you can confidently answer why you're doing the things that you're doing, you are going to see results. I'm telling you, you will be shocked um, when you start to really understand the intent Behind exercise like I see it time and time again especially with like um, former athletes you know as former athletes we obviously do a lot of performance-based training so there's a lot of explosive training and I'm telling you guys you know time out of time and time again I see former athletes come to me and like they're performing every single exercise fast and that's a simple indication that we don't understand intent because we need to take an explosive movement and understand yes this is when I move fast. And then we need to take a movement that's more strength or hypertrophy based and say, this is when I have to move slow. But what happens is, is like our brain does not understand how to differentiate that attention to detail and that intent beyond, you know, what is just this exercise? And that's where, you know, I really want you guys to start thinking about like, not what is this exercise or, you know, what, what muscle am I hitting? But like, what am I trying to get out of this exercise? Because I feel like a lot of us feel like we have to do an exercise to get an outcome when in reality, we need to chase the outcome and match the exercise to that outcome. You know, this is why there's so many different people out there who think like you have to do a certain exercise i'm just going to tell you guys like if you know me i've obviously built like a decent amount of muscle tissue in my legs i haven't done like a barbell back squat enough f- i can't even tell you the last time i did it and that's because you know for me personally I do better with other leg dominant variations other than a back squat. And so like, you know, the more you guys can learn this this tool, the better you can also optimize your exercise selection to meet you where you're at, not trying to force your body to do something it's not capable of yet. And that's another thing that will drastically help you guys as you're navigating your training and you're navigating your workouts is to gain a better understanding of the intent because if I'm someone for example that wants to gain quad muscle, and I, I don't have to do that through back squats. I can go pick up dumbbells and do a Bulgarian split squat, single leg, unilaterally, probably build more muscle tissue anyway. So these are just some examples, guys, but I'm telling you that your world will change. If you can start becoming intentional and really do your due diligence to understand why you're even doing something in the first place. And I'm telling you, if you're someone working with a trainer, I strongly encourage you to ask your trainer because a shitty ass trainer is going to get insecure and not know what to say. A really good trainer is going to respect the fact that you ask them why, and they will gladly and happily answer you why they're having you do what they're doing.
1: I think a lot of your fitness journey is just being intentional with nutrition, with your movement, with your water intake, with your fiber, with your stress levels. And these are all things that we focus on. So just being intentional can literally be a huge game changer for you. And everything we're talking about today is just like knowing the intent and executing on it. So this last one is my favorite. And it's an analogy I heard recently that like just clicked with me so hard. And that is that resistance training versus cardio. Basically resistance training is investing your money and doing cardio is like borrowing money and like creating debt. Basically cardio burns calories in the moment. So doing group fitness classes, doing a spin class, going on a run, doing any form of cardio, it's creating a short-term calorie deficit, meaning like you burn calories in that moment, but it doesn't impact the rest of your day. But resistance training creates that lean muscle mass, which burns more calories at rest. And I'm 5'3". I need as much help as I can get burning (laughs) more calories at rest because if I were to take a week off of training from being sick, I can burn significantly more calories at rest because I have more muscle on my frame than the version of me 10 years ago who was just doing cardio and had no muscle on her frame because she thought all I had to do was under and over-exercise, then I would still like burn more calories at rest just existing because I had more muscle on my frame. So you're essentially creating like a compound interest of calorie burning and it also impacts your entire week. So to lose weight, you have to burn a certain amount of calories per week and doing resistance training gives you more bang for your buck. We supplement with cardio. There's still a time and place for it. But if you're doing cardio, most of the time, you're essentially creating like a calorie deficit debt in the moment, but it doesn't translate to like weeks and years on end.
0: Right. Which all plays back to intent. What is the intent behind cardio? We're burning more calories. We're keeping a higher energy output threshold. What is resistance training doing? It's building a strong foundational metabolic base. Both serve a purpose. Both matter. What's the intent?
1: Exactly, And every day we try to impact ourselves and our clients by creating that compound interest of lean muscle mass. That's going to create their body composition change. A lot of us think the cardio is going to create that body comp change. And I think it's marrying the two together. And that's why we're not completely like, like married, I guess you could say to one form of training. We incorporate all forms of training. So we really focus on mobility. We focus on all pillars of training and we have a whole episode on that, but we implement resistance training at least four days a week how we typically structure things is upper lower upper lower a push and pull mixture of strength and hypertrophy then we have like a cardio day like we did Today, we went to the gym and just got steps in. Zach ran, I walked, and that's increasing our total daily calorie expenditure for that day. But what we do most of the time outweighs what we do some of the time. So, that resistance training is causing us to burn more calories throughout the entire week on top of what we're doing each day to increase our NEAT, which is non exercise activity thermogenesis. And even though we were exercising, like just getting steps in, you can do that outside. You can take the stairs. That's what we do. And it increases our total daily calorie burn, which, once again, being 5'3 small in stature, like I need more muscle on my frame and I need to get more steps if I want. To compete with a taller <laughs> version of me that has a thriving metabolism, so I create it by doing those small things each day. That's honestly all we got for you guys today. So we hope you enjoyed this episode of the top four lessons we've learned over the year, so that you guys don't have to waste your time going through, you know, the motions in the gym. You don't have to go through the trial and error that we did. So if you guys like this episode, please leave a five star review, share it on your story with your main takeaway, tag us, tag a life rewired as well. And in the show notes, we have a feedback form for you guys to submit anonymous episodes you want to hear or have questions, you can drop it in there as well. And then we also have the Nash Bar link down below. Remember to turn on your notifications so you don't miss out on the drop this week. And we will see you guys next week.
0: Peace out, guys.